Hi everyone, I'm Brad Watson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This is the Saturate Podcast, so glad you're listening. Today's episode, we're going to be talking once again about these intentional rhythms and how we live with gospel intentionality in every aspect of our lives, because we were created for the very mission of God. Uh, It's not part of our lives, it is our whole lives. Christ fills all, he's in all. This has been an amazing series. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're just now tuning in, I strongly suggest going back and listening through We did four episodes with my wife. We have an introduction episode just to this whole concept. And in today's episode, we're going to be shifting the conversation just slightly. Uh, We're going to be bringing in my my good friend, Kevin Platt. Kevin Platt has planted multiple churches in North America. He helps oversee a, a growing family of churches in the Phoenix area. He has been an equipper all over the world, specifically South Africa. He's incredible. He's so smart. Uh, In this episode, he's going to be joining us talking about the rhythm of speaking, which is the last S. We've been working through an acronym called BLESS. B uh, is the rhythm of blessing. L is listen. E is eat. The last S we talked about was Sabbath. And today, we're rounding it out with speak, how we actually speak the gospel. Thanks for joining in. If you're enjoying the podcast, give us a review like us, subscribe. Also check out our YouTube channel, Saturate the World. Uh, We're now uploading videos regularly. You'll want to check that out too. Uh, Without anything else to say, let's dive right in. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Kevin, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. It's good to be back. You are one of the the few people that shares my affinity for the Lakers in a non-ironic way outside of Los Angeles. So I'm glad to be with you. Yeah, it's a really good thing this time of year, right? Where they get tons of rest. Lots of rest get, for next season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eternal optimist. Lots of rest for next season. Yep. Lots of rest. Even yeah, even the people that run the team are getting lots of rest. They get to just uh take a break and quit on the spot at the end of the season. So yeah, it's kind of sad when you look at the Phoenix Suns and you think they're more functional than we are. But that's what's happening. I should be offended by that being in Phoenix, but I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you know that's true. It is true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you are one of the people in the Selma family of churches who has actually been leading and equipping missional communities and churches of missional communities for a really long time. I guess, relatively speaking, for like over a decade, right? Yeah, and. Uh, you guys in Phoenix have done a really great job of of equipping and, and developing leaders and developing missionaries. And so uh, even this last series, we've been talking about rhythms, uh, the blessed rhythms. That whole acronym is is something that you guys have taught me and Mirella, and we've, we've shared some of our experience in the last couple episodes. And so I uh, wanted to bring you on for the for the last bit of this series to to talk about 
one of the remaining S's, which is speak. Pretty funny. Right before we got on, I had it wrong. So it's good to know that it's not story, it's speak. So I wanted to, wanted to have you come on and, and talk about this rhythm of speaking. Just to recap everyone, we've talked about bless, listen, eat, now speak, and then next episode will be on Sabbath. So Kevin, what is the speak rhythm? Yeah, the speak rhythm is when we get to the point where we actually articulate the story, right? We speak the good news of what Jesus has done, what he's doing. Um, and I love that this comes after the listen, uh, even within the acronym, because I think traditionally followers of Jesus are really well known for wanting to say what they want to say without ever listening to the questions being asked. And so even in the flow of things, this speak rhythm comes and is uh, the one where we uh, use our words to communicate the good news. Yeah. So the gospel word's been spoken to us. And so we speak it to others just to do it simply. That is really interesting because I think often when I talk to people or even after I've I've shared, so this is kind of like, I must not be doing a good job equipping people or doing trainings, but afterwards people are like, oh, so we just like live life and organically stuff happens and people by osmosis become Christians. Is that what you're saying? Uh, but this rhythm is like proactively saying, no, we speak. Yeah. And uh, it's so each of these rhythms, like going through the entire BLESS acronym, were all things that were present in creation. They were twisted at the fall. God used them again in the promise. Uh, he again uses it in the redemption. The church engages with them, embodies them now, and then they'll also be there at the restoration. So each of these rhythms go through the whole story. Hmm. You wouldn't ever find, even at the beginning of the story, God actively in the creation act uh, as the story is told in Genesis 1 and 2. He speaks creation into being, and then he speaks to humans, telling them the best possible way to live, right? Mm-hmm. And their sin is that they choose to decide what's right and wrong. And immediately we see them using their mouths to blame each other and to use their words in twisted ways uh, rather than to build each other up and cultivate God's creation. They're kind of pulling it apart. They're not speaking good news. They didn't listen to what God had said, but God again comes right and speaks hope to them and uh, does that throughout the old Testament where he speaks words of warning and judgment and hope. But then in Jesus, again, we have all these, this speaking where he announces good news. The kingdom of God is here. Uh, Repent and believe that. And so as his followers, I really think if we're going to embody the teachings of Jesus, we need to be doing the same thing, right? Where we actively engage with saying the good news, announcing the kingdom of God is here. There's hope. There's life. I love that. And looking at it through the story brings a lot of clarity. Like as the church on God's mission, speaking that that news of hope. Like, what does that practically look like for you as a as an everyday kind of intentional rhythm of life? Yeah, that's, that's good. So I, in my brain, I break it down into three different arenas where we speak. Hmm. Do this with all three, all the blessed rhythms, how we engage that with God, uh, how we do it with our community. So that'd be for us, our missional community, our congregation, our church. And then how do we do that with neighbors, those who uh, don't yet know Jesus uh, but we're in regular rhythms of life with. And so just to maybe chop those up in the normal stuff, uh, that's a big part of prayer, right? Is speaking to God, to telling him, announcing how confession and processing through, here's where different life situations, listening to him as he speaks. That's where they're, they're not just isolated check boxes, but these really are rhythms that weave through life. 
because the speaking and listen go so well together. Mm-hmm. But doing that with God, right? Announcing to him in the same way he's told us good news, being able to say back to him, hey, God, this is this is where I'm at. This is how I'm processing. Will you mm-hmm. help me? And affirming things that are true about him. But then also within the community. So um, trying to think even this morning, I got a buddy who's heading off to uh, pre-trial services. And so mm-hmm. I actually booked this podcast. So I couldn't be with him. So I was not a blessing. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But on his way out the door, uh, rather than just saying, good luck, bro, have a good one, um, or I'll be praying for you, we centered it back in the story and just spoke, hey, man, remember who you are because of all that Jesus has done. That defines anything hmm. the court says uh, is not the final word, but Jesus has the final words, and this is what he says about you. And was, again, able to speak good news that you have a God who cares for you. Uh, we just preached through in Luke with worry and uh just re-announced good news to him. So as he was heading out, but it was a normal, natural moment, right? He was walking out the door of my house, head about to hop on the bus and head downtown. And what I wanted to make sure I did was not just casually let him go or, or miss this moment, but hmm. be able to speak good news. Hey, here's good news for you. Even as you go into this ridiculously hard situation, let me speak gospel to you. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that sounds simple, but that's, kind of altering because I think one of the things like just how that's different than the way we typically live I think what you're saying is like yeah we might say yeah have a good one bro or I'm thinking about you or we might even just be like yeah man that's really heavy that's gonna suck you know that's that's that sounds hard it's kind of like most of what we give to people but what you're talking about is seizing those moments as opportunities to declare truth about who God is who your friend is, like all of that stuff. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of the fact that we actually have good news rooted in history, right? Is that we can say these things and uh, that's the thing about news. It has to be reported. And so that, that's the role that we get to play is to report mm-hmm. this good news. Those other things are true, right? It does suck. It is hard. That is ridiculous. I can't imagine the place that he's at. Like all that's true, but none right. of that's good news. Um, and so the speak rhythm is specifically speaking the, the gospel, the good news, the truths about who God is, what he's done, who we are and what we do into somebody else's life. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a specific speaking, not just fill the air. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm guilty of doing both at times. Definitely right. guilty of doing both at times. But when I'm faithfully living in this rhythm, uh, it really is being able to tell the story of Jesus and our story in Jesus and then how do we make that part of our normal conversations? And this is one of the tougher ones, I think, for followers of Jesus to get into. If this isn't a tangent, we've been having this conversation around a table with some of our friends at Missio Mesa, and they grew up in the church, and they feel like it's a bit cheesy to enter into this rhythm because they've heard it practiced poorly for a number of years with trite gospelisms, maybe, or just Jesus talk where it's like, oh, just let go and let God. Or... Jesus is the answer, man. Just, just keep trusting. Mm-hmm. And that they feel like they've struggled with how do I bring like normal good news speaking into regular situations? So it's, it's a great conversation to be having. Yeah. So I guess th- that was going to be my next question is how do you, how do you be bold in speaking the truth, even in these relationships, but also where it's not just kind of trite hallmark, you know, God loves you, has a great plan for your life. Bless you. 
how do you navigate that between just like, I guess, regurgitating rehearsed things or just like, I don't know, making, making an authentic declaration. There's this teacher named Jesus who <laughs> talked about how uh, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any place that's truer than when it comes to this, if our hearts kind of been just in this religious jargon, not really in experiencing God, that's what we'll reproduce. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that for myself. That's, that's, but when my faith and I'm actually engaging with the spirit mm-hmm. as I go through life and, and this is the real stuff that I'm, I'm processing in my heart, I'm able to offer a more robust uh, answer because that's, that's what is what I'm thinking of. I don't have to come up with an answer or I don't have to think through what should I say, but what I do say is an overflow of what's been going on in my heart. Yeah. That, that's a drastic difference. I've experienced myself hmm. and that's what I want to invite other people into. It's less of worrying about what you say and what's your experience with God right now. How do you listen to the spirit? Because he gives you the words. That's throughout the story that's shown over and over again. Hmm. What you're saying is important. Yeah. For, for everyone, but it's, it's important for me to hear over and over again is out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks what comes out is what is inside. And if, yeah, if, if our motivation or what, what's in our heart is to, to say the right thing or to make people feel better, or if there's a complete lack of, of faith and enjoyment in the fruit of the gospel, then, then what comes out will be trite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I interrupted you. You were talking about, you know, you, you live out these rhythms in three spheres with God, uh, with others. I think you had a third one. Yeah, that's with our neighbors. Uh, so people, just using that language, are people that are not yet Christians. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we regularly are speaking the gospel, the good news to people. Um, we do a lot of gospel demonstration, and that's super important. That is a breathing out, breathing in kind of thing. But we also need to be doing gospel declaration or that speaking the good news uh, to people who don't yet know Jesus and this is just a check engine light. It's not meant to be a guilt thing, but if you can go through your weeks and your months as a missional community or as a everyday follower of Jesus, and you're not ever saying the good news, mm-hmm. there's, there's something missing. And uh, yeah, it's, that's just one of those things to ask myself. Am I, can I even point back to the last time I spoke the actual words of the gospel to somebody? Hmm. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> when, when did, when was the last time that that happened? This challenge, I think, that we have in this, I don't know, missional movement, if you will, is or incarnational thing where we, like you're saying, we, we do all these demonstrations of the gospel. Maybe we, we throw parties. We have fire pit nights. We have people over at our house. We're mm-hmm. building friendships with people and we've gone to the store with them. And we're like, this is beautiful life on life. And, and we're like suddenly have like all these, the wealth of neighbors who people who don't believe that are like sincere friends with us. But then we don't do like that last three feet of, you know, like person to person, like actually saying, this is the truth about God. This is the good news about God, um, that the kingdom has come in the life, death and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and that's been one of the criticisms, I think, at least that I often hear is, so you guys do all this stuff, but then you like, how are people supposed to come to faith? And so, so true, right? Yeah. And it's, it's so much safer to be like a good person and a good party thrower 
That <laughs> it is. <laughs> At least it is for me, right? It's funny though, because it's on a pendulum, right? Where Christians didn't used to be able to do that, where they didn't know how to throw a party, and, and then we we're getting really good at that. But that other piece of that, that tension of how do we speak the good news, and that's why I love that these are rhythms, right? They're meant to flow through life. They're not check boxes or orders, or you have to be blessing before you could be speaking. But they're they're rhythms of life that are meant to ebb and flow as you go. Just one thing that's real helpful on that, Brad. Tim Chester talks about in his uh, chapter on evangelism in Total Church. Uh, he he does, uses the example of a, a rope with multiple cords because I think part of what you're talking about is evangelism, that demonstration, declaration. But he talks about mm-hmm. how essential building relationships is as one thread, introducing uh, people to communities, another thread. So those fire pit nights, the hanging out, but the actual sharing of the gospel is the third thread. And if we're not speaking it, that that rope will never be complete, so to speak. Or, so he just weaves those three things together in the image of a braided rope and says that that's the strength of evangelism then is when we are definitely speaking good news. I guess for the risk of, of asking like uh, a really dumb question, I think for our listeners, if that's like, yeah, that, that three chords is so, so important speaking up, declaring the gospel, maybe, maybe the dumb question is like, what is, what is the message that we're supposed to share? Like what, what does it mean? Like when you look back and you're like, when was the last time I shared the good news with Jesus? Like, what is that good news? Is any God talk gospel speaking is any like, yeah, I went to church. Oh, sweet. I, I shared the, the good news. Like what, what does that encompass declaring the, the gospel speaking? It is so much that the, for me, it has come down to being able to tell the story of God in multiple settings um, in different ways. And it's, I build it up as being a lot more weird than my friends who don't know Jesus think it is because they've obviously noticed I've oriented my life around this. And so they, they're, they're curious because they actually care about me as much as I want to know what they believe. They also, if they're a good friend, want to know what's shaping my life. Right. So that good news that of that God created this world, that it's been distorted by sin, right? There, there's a brokenness. That's why we experience brokenness is how it makes sense of my life and, and the experience every day in the world that's so devastatingly broken, but that, that God uh, has not abandoned his creation or his people, but he's made a promise that he would make everything right. And then even now with Easter, so I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday and processing through like, they're like, all right, so what is Easter in your faith system? And I didn't start with Jesus on the cross. I started back in the garden mm-hmm. and then worked my way through to get to the point where there's the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus which is absolutely essential to the good news. But that, that shapes so much, right? So I could speak, I don't have to say all that to remind my friend uh, of who he is in Christ hmm. before he heads out. I might just pick one of those themes. You can affirm a theme, a dimension to the gospel. It doesn't have to always be the entire thing. But that helps to form then the next act of the story, which is who we are as a church. How do we live? And the reminder that one day, even if it's not right now, man, for my friend who's going into the justice system today, like even if this act is not just what happens in court, you've got to continue to believe that there's one day when that will be wrapped up in justice, hmm. uh, when Jesus makes all things new and he will not, this will not be a wasted experience in that. And so in that, like the more fluent you are with the story, obviously the more you can work with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had other podcasts on that stuff, so I would just link to that on the no- in, the, in the notes. But uh, <laughs> a lot of this is actually practicing the gospel fluency that you talk about and talk so well about in a lot of places, man. 
Yeah, that's that's really encouraging. And and I think that yeah, being able to rehearse it and, and one of the, the things that you're saying is in those three spaces, I can see how like speaking to God, speaking to fellow disciples, speaking to neighbors, how those all probably reinforce and kind of transform a person, but also work together to to live this out. Without a doubt. So in kind of your experience like how have you seen people like hear about this rhythm, like maybe even in your missional community and then mm-hmm. begin walking this out? You know, I think sometimes people might listen to us talk on this podcast and be like, well, of course, Kevin's good at it. He's been doing it for, for 10 years. Uh, you know, Brad's good at it, of course, because he has all this time and he's a pastor and he went to seminary. So of course he can speak the gospel. Yeah. Like, how about just like everyday people living this out? Yeah. So your question is how can, how do I see everyday people living this out? Yeah. Uh, for our community, I'll just answer it that way. We make these rhythms something that's visible and often uh, visited. And so everybody, including our kids, can list off what the blessed rhythms are. Uh, and then we'll highlight one of them. And so if it is the speak rhythm, uh, we'll ask the question, have you had any chances to speak the good news? How have you done on that? Like, how have you been faithful to that? We'll also create space within the missional community setting. So these safer relationships for people to practice speaking good news. And that's, that's a huge thing. Um, it's always going to be a bit wooden and uh, awkward at first, whenever you start something new. And so having a safe place to be able to practice that we, as much as possible, try to catch each other when we just good advice each other. Mm-hmm to push it back, to be able to speak the gospel around the table, to be able to remind each other of who we are in Christ. And so somebody's wrestling through a struggle and we're having a conversation around, I don't always answer it, but I can push it back into the community and say like, all right, what's something you can remind them about their identity that might help them in this situation. Hmm. And so just given those moments and honestly, this is a question that people actually, I find want to press into and want to learn um, so given space to practice that out, what would you say in this situation? Hmm. Um, and allowing people to speak around that in safe spaces is just helpful for the everyday follower of Jesus. Um, it's been helpful for me. Yeah, I, did, I didn't learn this in seminary. That's right. I learned a bunch of, I, I'm dead serious. I learned yeah. a bunch of words that nobody else cares what they mean in seminary. And this stuff's come in following Jesus with people uh, instead of just trying to lead them into something. Yeah, oh, that's so true. <laughs> this is not what you learn in seminary uh, at all. Uh, even really great ones. I think we both went to yeah. good seminaries. Yeah. I think that, you know, what you're saying, like giving people opportunities to practice is so, so big. And one of the things that we've started doing is explaining the story, you know, the, the six mm-hmm. uh, acts of the story, the mm-hmm. creation, rebellion, promise, redemption, church, and restoration. So we've we've taken we share this the six acts of that story, and I think sometimes people think, all right, okay, so like God created the world, we rebel in it, and then we kind of like leave it there. And one of the things we started to do just to, for practice in our communities is giving people the opportunity to like take a current like an issue and put it through the whole story or an attitude, a sin, even like a cultural dilemma. So uh, like you were just doing with justice, you could also. Mm-hmm work it through like, well, what about gender? You know, uh, mm-hmm. how is gender, what was gender like in creation? 
what was it like in rebellion? Like what gets broken? Mm-hmm. How does how does God like call the people, even in promise of a king, to live out who they're created to be in their gender? How does Jesus redeem that? What does it look like in the church, you know, uh, and restoration? So good. I think it's interesting whenever we started doing that, I thought people would hate it, but people like love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they finally are like, oh, now I see how the gospel affects all of life and like how that yeah. actually because I think without it, people think I just need to give people the answer to like the Bible verse that says homosexuality is wrong, not like the story of it. Yeah. And how God redeems and restores all humans. And the last thing on the probably the most helpful thing towards speaking the good news is to remember that you're not doing this out of your own brain or out of your own abilities. Mm. The, the act of articulating uh, the good news of Jesus is a spiritual act where, where literally the spirit of the living God wants to breathe his words through you. So good. And where we forget that this becomes a checklist and it becomes, there's organizations that do that, right? How many times did you share Jesus this week? And you need to have at least three check marks, right? One, that's not a rhythm. And two, like it misses the, I think so I, the heart of that's good. Like I want my people sharing the gospel. That's one of our, within our missional community, like our agreement together is that we are sharing the speaking the good news of Jesus regularly. Um, and so if a month goes by, a week goes by where somebody hasn't done that, like that's, that's an area for us to coach through, but it's much more of that over of like, all right, spirit, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. And then how do I speak that? And having these tools in the background of your mind, like you did with the story or other things, he's able to res- bring that out. Right. But it, it really is a spiritual act to be able to speak to mirror God's speaking action and creation to hopefully see him again, bring new life in somebody else. Man, I would hate for somebody to forget that part and just try to memorize the seven pages of an outline. Oh yeah, man, that's so huge. And I'm glad you brought that up. The power of the resurrection, the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within us and enables us to be witnesses to even describe what God has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is all powered by the spirit. Yep. So good. So key. Uh, any resources you like to point people to or videos or tools or anything like that, As, especially with the speak rhythm? Saturate the world uh, has some great resources. Um, <laughs> you, you really do put out some good stuff uh, on the idea of speaking and the process of that. The best thing I could say is to, to learn the story and learn it well. And again, you guys have those resources on your website. It's really really helpful. Um, Tim Chester's chapter on evangelism is very helpful. He's actually the one that we ripped the blessed rhythms, rhythms off of. So when we were starting Missio, we asked him if we were allowed to take him because we weren't sure what the actual rules were back before everybody just stole stuff off the internet. <laughs> and so we, I think we emailed him and asked, hey, can we use those rhythms? And he was gracious enough to email back and be like, uh, yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> it's just an his, acronym. <laughs> yeah, it's just just an acronym. You guys thought long enough, you could probably come up with it. Yeah, his chapter on evangelism I found to be really helpful because it puts in perspective those different pieces. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kevin. This was so good. Thanks for joining in and bringing all your wisdom and godliness to bear.
Jesus.